Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Saints and siblings in Christ, good morning. Over the past several weeks, we have been exploring this delightful season after Epiphany by digging deep into several of the stories around Jesus' early life and ministry. In our texts, we have heard a great deal about this Son of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. We've studied many and various Old Testament prophecies and heard them then fulfilled in the Gospels. We heard about the gifts of the Magi, and we remembered the story of Jesus' baptism. We delved into the naming of Peter and the life of John the Baptist, his call and his ministry in the world to proclaim repentance and to announce the coming of the kingdom of heaven. Today, our readings begin to take a turn, and we focus ever deeper on just who this Jesus is going to be. So, with that in mind, our gospel text this morning begins with a notice John the Baptist has been arrested. Now, if you know anything about John the Baptist and his ministry, you know that there are any number of reasons that John may have been arrested. After all, his ministry of speaking truth to power didn't exactly make him a ton of friends amongst the people who had the power. But regardless of why it is that he was arrested in this particular occasion, all of the Gospels agree that in this moment, after this arrest, Jesus begins his ministry. John's final arrest seems to be the spark that lights Jesus' life of ministry on fire. And so we read, he picks up and he moves away from his hometown of Nazareth to the city of Capernaum, and there he picks up the message of John and begins to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now what's important here is his move. Because every time that Jesus moves, it actually means something. And I know that seems super weird and maybe kind of weirdly detailed, but I promise it makes sense. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit, so just, just come along with me today, all right? Just come along. A little bit of a recap. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, absolutely, in order, we are told, to fulfill a prophecy that the Messiah would be born there. Shortly after he is born, Joseph takes Mary and Jesus and flees from the tyrannical king Herod, and they settle in Egypt, exactly, again, to fulfill a prophecy. After Herod had died, the Holy Family returns to their homeland, but they don't feel safe in returning to and staying in Bethlehem. So Joseph takes them north, and they settle in the town of Nazareth, and he will be called a Nazarene. And again, a prophecy is fulfilled. It's like y'all been paying attention the last few weeks. This is really, this is nice. Today's move out of Nazareth to Capernaum in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali also fulfills a prophecy, one that we literally just read in the prophet Isaiah. Now, again, this might seem like weird background information that's unnecessary to the overall story, but 
I promise it's important. Because the territories of Zebulun and Naphtali were two of the regions that were assigned to those original tribes of Israel when they came into the promised land, way back and back and back and back. They were the northernmost territories, and for the most part, they hadn't been talked about much, even in Jesus' time, for many hundreds of years. Because, as the northernmost territories of the kingdom of Israel, they were also the most vulnerable. And they were quickly conquered by other countries to the north, including, in Isaiah's time, the country of Assyria. So by the time Jesus was born, this area had been occupied for over 700 years by one invading force or another. And yet, importantly and shockingly, this is where Jesus decides to move to begin his ministry. Away from the heart of the promised land and into the heart of failure and darkness and despair. Into a land where everything went wrong. And again, we hear the prophecy. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have dwelt in a land of deep darkness, who have sat in a place of shadow and death, on them light has shined. Friends, there is something very, very, very important about this move for Jesus, which is why it's such a focus in our gospel this morning. Jesus picks up and moves from a place of relative security to a place totally devoid of safety. He moves from a place that is still recognized as belonging from a place that was in to the outside. He leaves behind his people, family and friends, who he's known his whole life, people who have already borne witness to his ministry in Nazareth, who were already starting to follow him, to get on that Jesus train. And he moves to Capernaum, to Galilee, to the Galilee of the Gentiles, literally to the place of those other people, the forgotten kingdom, the shame of his people, where he lived with a population of folks that the rest of his culture would not have accepted. And then he does something even more incredible. He calls disciples. He calls his disciples in a land and from a people who did not deserve to be his disciples, at least according to the religious and social authorities of the day. He calls disciples from among the lowest of the low, the poorest of the poor, the least well thought of people that he could have possibly found. Peter and Andrew, James and John are fishermen embedded in a life in an imperial economy. They lived in an occupied land and those who ruled over them controlled everything about their lives. The taxes on the sea and land travel, their production, transportation and marketing, everything was run by a system of oppression that left the poor poor, the low lowly and that focused entirely on enriching the already wealthy and empowering the already powerful. Into that, Jesus walks and changes things. Oddly enough, right? 
in a world where all these guys knew was the system that they were forced to uphold, Jesus steps in and disrupts their lives. He calls them to a new and different loyalty, a new and different life. He gives them a community and summons them to work for this new kingdom, God's kingdom. And he gives them a mission. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. And they do, immediately. They went out into the world following Jesus and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. This is how Jesus' ministry begins. That's our text today. Not in the center of a major city, not in a grand cathedral, not with trumpets blaring and soldiers marching, but in a quiet, out-of-the-way, podunk little town in the middle of nowhere on the road by the sea. Jesus' entourage did not include the rich and the famous. They weren't the best educated, and they certainly weren't the most respected. They were fishermen, hardworking, simple folks, people who heard the gospel and could not help but answer God's call. And in doing so, they changed the world. Saints of God, this is the beginning of Jesus' call, and it is the center of our call as well to walk the walk of faith, to show up, do good, be kind, to love as we have been loved, to forgive as we have been forgiven, to welcome as we have been welcomed. Radically, wonderfully, immediately, because it is God who calls your name. And for this good news, we can all say, thanks be to God.